It's you in a golf PGA Championship preview with Bob Casper from Real Golf Radio. It's brought to you by Mountainland Supply, Zions Bank, Hoops Vision, Siegfried and Jensen, and Black Desert Resort. That sounds cool. Time to welcome in Bob Casper, Real Golf Radio, every Saturday morning. Bob Casper, Brian Taylor, and of course, they will get you all geared up for the third round of the PGA Championship this week. Bob, good morning. Hey, guys. How you doing? We are doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. It's another major. Yes, it is. This one, though, a little different. Yes, it is. The PGA, of course, they'd been to before, but a different time of year. And Brian was telling us about the wind and the weather are all going to be different. How differently is this course going to play? And uh, what do you need to be able to play this course? What's the skill set that fits this course? Well, it's. uh, I think it's, you know, somebody that's uh, medium to... A longer length off the tee, um, then I think you're going to need somebody that's going to be able to control their irons into the greens, um, flight their shots um, on the correct trajectories, uh, not only off into the greens but off tees, um, and then um, somebody that's that's going to have have to have a, a good short game because there's a lot of runoff areas and that kind of thing around the greens, so. Um, it's it's somebody that's going to have to have a well uh, a really good all around game, um, and I think you really need to focus on um, on guys that can control their golf ball because there's this golf course plays a little over seventy eight hundred yards. Um, they're going to have to deal. They're going to have factors with the wind. Um, uh, you know, it's going to be double digit wind probably all week long. It's going to go from the west the early part of the week on Thursday and Friday, and then switch to the East on Saturday and Sunday. Um, at least that's what they're calling for. So um, they're going to have to adapt a little bit, but uh, the wind is definitely going to be a factor with the length of the golf course. So I always found it funny. The PGA was the last of the four played until now, and it was viewed as like it was the lowest of the floor, but, why I didn't understand why that would be because if Tiger and his and he's not going to get it now, but when he was going, if he would have won yeah. five more PGAs, so what? I mean, it would have counted towards his total. So sure. I never understood why it was the fourth. I get it's not the Masters or the U.S., but it's for some reason I I don't understand why it was knocked down as much as it was when it counted just the same. How much do you think now moving up in the rotation will give it more oomph? Well, you know the interesting thing, PK, about what what um, what you're you were talking about is that you know the Masters is the Masters. It's played on the golf same golf course every year. Um, the U.S. Open is our national championship. Uh, the Open Championship or the British Open is the world's championship, and then you've got the PGA Championship. Um, and so, you know, naturally, it's going to be a little bit um, not it's going to be a little little less um prestigious uh, yeah exactly thank you for that word <laughs> a little less prestigious because of those because of those three in front of it by moving it forward um i i don't know that it does anything different with it um as far as the prestige is concerned um they moved the uh the players championship to um march which is where it was for a long time then of course you've got Augusta and now you've got the PGA. And the only reason it was moved to, to May for the PGA was because of the, uh, the Olympics every four years. 
so they just moved it forward a little bit more. Um, so I, I don't know. It's it's a listen. Any of those guys would love to win a major and would love to win a PGA Championship. Um, I mean, as far as the the prestige of it, I think it's in the view of the public, um, and less so with the view of the players. All right, Bob, it's time for a draft, and we want to ask you about some players, but we can kind of talk about them as we draft them here. You are the guest, so you traditionally get the first pick, and I usually get the second, and PK gets third, and I know who I want, so don't take him. Okay. Who you taking? You want me to start? Yeah, this is it. Jump in. Who you got? And then explain why he's the guy and why he ought to be. In the Indy 500, they call him the pole sitter. That's who you're taking. (laughs) I'm going the, for the career grand slam. I'm picking Jordan Speed this I, week. I hate you with the passion of a thousand suns. That was my pick. <laughs> of course it was. See, I knew that. <laughs> no, um, Jordan Speed. You know, he won the he won in San Antonio before the Masters. Um, finished third at the Masters. He he took a little bit of time off. He comes back and he plays well last week in Dallas. Another top ten. Uh, I think he was tied for seventh, something like that. And, you know, and here here we are back in a major championship. This is one that he needs to win to get the career grand slam. And I think with him uh, firing on all cylinders as far as his game is concerned, that, you know, he's kind of back, so to speak. I think he's going to have a pretty good chance this week. Explain how big of a deal that career grand slam is. Well, there's only, what, five players that have ever, that have done it. You've got Gene Saracen. You've got uh, Gary Player, Jack Nicklaus. Uh, uh, um, yeah, Tiger. And uh, um, and I think it's uh, Byron Nelson or is it Hogan? I think it's Hogan. So um, it's there's only five guys that have ever done it, and that's the that's winning all the major championships in the pro game. And so um, it's a big deal. It's uh, it's a huge benchmark. Um, it, you know, Rory's been sitting on the Masters now, only having to win the Masters now for like seven or eight years. Um, Phil's been sitting on the U.S. Open, needing to win the U.S. Open. Um, and Jordan Spieth, he's the youngest of them all, and he needs to win the PGA Championship now. So I think he and Rory are the best, or the uh, the guys that have the best chance to be able to do it. Uh, you're right. It is Hogan. Uh, Byron Nelson didn't yes. w- didn't win the British Open. Yeah, so that's it. Okay. All right. Well, if you're taking Spieth, there's a group of uh, I thought he was my first pick, and then there's a group of four, and there's one guy I don't uh-huh. want. So hopefully, one of you will take him because I think uh, uh, I, I don't want to have to. Um, I suppose I ought to pick Rory, but I just don't have a good feeling. But I'd hate it if he wins after I passed on him. <laughs> I'm dying here. I'm going to take Rom. I'm going to pass on Rory. I'll probably regret John doing that. John Rom. Yep. Good. That's a great pick. All right. That's, That's who I was going to take, yeah. But you should okay. scream, I hate so you with the passion taken, of a thousand we've sons. Each, we've each taken each other's pick now. <laughs> yeah. Who you got? I left so. you Rory, though, if you want him. There he is. You know, and I was ticked at Rory in the Masters. And just uh, because, as, as Bob was talking about, what he needed, and we know that you know he had it, and a few years back he sucked on Sunday, and then he came back, and what he won? Did he win the U.S. that year? Uh, 
and he'd been in a slump, and I don't know, he'd married, and he's got a kid now, and you know, life, yeah. life takes over, and I get that. Uh, he just won in his last start. I, I know, I know. So uh, that's my point. I got mad at him, thinking uh, I'm done with him because I'm I'm waiting, waiting, waiting because he's given us so much. Mm-hmm. But I thought he'd give more, and then he sucked in the Masters. And then he turns around and wins a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So now I don't know. I'm, I right now I am just a ball of confusion. <laughs> well, pick somebody out of your ball of confusion. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I had my pick there. Um, do I just go with the normal, usual guys? But one guy, I have a feeling. So I, I've decided I want to go. I've got two guys who would be chalk, you know, kind of top 10, top five guys that we should be picking. And I got one guy who's a longer shot. Okay. And I want to take him in the third round. So I'm hoping you guys don't screw me up in the second round. But PK is going to take one of the chalk guys here, I think. I don't think you're going to reach. I know you're going to reach for because you told us yesterday. And I'm so confident in him. I'm going to take him right now. Are you really? Yeah. That's awesome, because then my guy will fall to me. Go ahead. Take him. I'm going to go with Justin Thomas. Oh. <laughs> That's a good pick. Killing me. <laughs> and he was one of the guys I would hope would fall to me in the second round. It'd be all about JT in the second round. Oh, that's I couldn't funny. help myself. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Oh, all right, Bob, perfect. back to you. We know why he took JT, because JT's an excellent golfer. Yes, he is a good player, and he's won a PGA championship. So, yeah. All right. Okay, so it's my pick. Yeah. And I think there's two obvious guys that you're picking between. There are two, and there I, are two obvious I kind of don't want one, but I definitely don't want the other one. Okay. So um, take the one I definitely don't want, and I'll take the one I kind of don't want. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so one, one hits the ball a little bit lower, has, has, a, has, has a little bit better control of his ball, ball flight, and the other one, I think, uh, is the one I'm going to take. But um, I, I'll, I'll go with the hot hand in Rory McIlroy. Dang it. <laughs> who are you deciding? That's who I wanted. Now, who are you deciding? Who is your other guy? Uh, DJ. I knew it. And I don't want DJ. I, there's a little bit, and I'm going to take him. But the, 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 the problem I have is I'm a little worried that he's like the, uh, the dog that caught the rabbit, and he got the Masters, and that's such an accomplishment. And, like, does it take an edge off? And when you're playing four rounds of golf – and one stroke is everything at the end on yeah. Sunday, that little edge. I mean, Not just on Sunday, last Tuesday, Corner Canyon girls lost the 6A championship by one stroke. See? Wow. Yeah. All right, I'm taking DJ, though. He's too good and too okay. talented and too dangerous to pass. I've got my reservations about whether he's got the edge or not. Maybe the Masters gave him the hunger back. You know, he won it, but then he didn't win it. It was real disappointing. So I hope he's got a little edge coming to this, but I'm worried about that. Okay, PK. But they did get Lone Peak in a three-hole playoff to finish second. So that's good. And tonight's the yeah. banquet, and we're going to celebrate. Rock stars. Yeah. yeah. I may have a headache tomorrow if you get my drift. <laughs> All right, where are you going here? <laughs> Bob, did we just take the five best picks? Was this a clear group of five at the top? Um, yeah, it's a pretty strong group. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No doubt. It's a, it, there's a break. I mean, normally Kepka would be in the group, but he's not in the yeah. group. He's not healthy. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with a guy that I've had my eye on for a while. Can't like okay. Patrick Cantley. Patrick Cantley. Yeah, okay. I took him... Uh, 
I can't remember which Masters because we played two of them so quickly, but I took them for one of them. And Bob made fun of me. I had him the last one. You had him the last one, and I had him in the one before yeah. that. And yeah. then I got my third pick already lined up. Yeah, you do. All right. You've got, you've I've got, got my pick. Numbers? I've got my third round pick lined up too, Bob. Don't mess it up. Yeah. Okay. Um, I will just kind of looking. You know what? I'm going to. Um, I'm going to take a long shot. Adam Long. No. Oh, well, it's a long shot. <laughs> See what I've done there? That was awesome. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to take the guy. I'm going to take the long shot from the Masters that finished second. Will Zeller for us. Ooh, nice. Kind of came out of nowhere. See if he can yep. stay hot. Okay, I'm taking Xander Shoffley. He's breaking through. I figured. You know, I could have got you three for three because I was thinking that one. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> I could have taken PKs because he told me who it was, but that'd be a real snakeish thing to do. Yeah, so. But I think this guy pulls up right alongside your guy. I think they're both they're both good. They both need to win a major for the first time. PGA, a lot of guys break through at the PGA. Six of the last ten yeah. won their first major at the right. PGA, including Colin Morikawa last year. You going to do a mm-hmm. PK? You wavering from yesterday? or No, I'm going Zach Johnson. No, I'm not. <laughs> Victor Hovland. Yep. Victor Hovland. That's yeah. a good pick. I got a feeling about him. All right, now what happens is, uh, you know, we alternate appearances with you and uh, Brian. So when he comes on, then he criticizes everybody's picks or pumps them up. <laughs> but mostly he takes shots at them. Well, the only criticism he could make on mine would be Will, will, be, uh, will Zalatoris. So. Yeah, you got to reach a little bit in the third round. Yeah. All right, there it is. There are the picks. And so obviously you with the first pick think Jordan Spieth is the guy to beat. You know what I think? I think he is. Uh, I think he's due. I think he's due for another major, with the way he's been playing. And I think he's gonna. I think this would be a good shot for him to get the career grand slam. So. All right, there it is. All right, we will watch and see how it goes, and we will uh, we will talk to you again uh, on Friday after things have gotten rolling. We'll see how our guys are doing out of the gate. Sounds good. All right, thanks, Bob. Hey guys. All right, Bob Casper, Real Golf Radio, Bob and Brian. Saturday mornings on the Zone Sports Network, Real Golf Radio. Tune in. Uh, When we come back, everything you missed in this show will get you up to speed. A couple of, quite frankly, weak playoff games yesterday, play-in games. And a couple of play-in games today, including the one everybody's looking forward to. We'll get to that next. DJ and PK, stay with us. Bob to Rudy. Oh, he packed it with a right hand. Produce three all-stars. Check. Oh, Donovan Mitchell. Earn the best record in the NBA in the top spot in the West. You are fabulous. Check and check. The regular season is over, and now the number one seeded Utah Jazz begin their quest for an NBA title. Let's go! When the Jazz take the court in the NBA playoffs, you'll hear every second of every game on your exclusive home. Welcome home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Turnbull sets. The 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss! History! Spencer Turnbull has become the sixth Tiger pitcher to throw the eighth no-hitter in franchise history. His teammates burst out of the dugout and mob him at the mound. How about it? Brilliant all-night-long great defense behind him, especially Candelario in the seventh. 
and Spencer Turnbull has thrown a no-hitter here in Seattle. Seattle no-hit for the second time in 13 days. Happened to the 2015 Dodgers, so. Of course, it hadn't happened in almost 100 years before that. No-hitters are piling up. PK, you want to set an over-under on how many no-nos we're going to see this year? 27. Come on. <laughs> that would obliterate the all-time record. Well, everything is obliterating the all-time record. You know, we've just, uh, we're in the middle of May now, obviously, but in April, there were 100 th- or 1,092 strikeouts more than hits. That's the largest gap in any month in Major League history. The strikeout record has been set for the last 14 consecutive seasons. They're going to do something at some point, aren't they? They're going to lower the mound. They're going to move it back. Guys are throwing so hard. And, and I get the complaints. It's like, oh, it's all home runs or it's strikeouts. Well, when it, there are this many guys throwing over 90, and, and you don't get to see a guy twice, so he doesn't really need a third pitch. He might not need a second pitch. But he definitely doesn't need a third pitch. Of course you're going to swing for the home run. Your odds of putting together three hits, good luck with that. Well, and then the shifts, too. Throwing the shifts, you're right. They're yeah. tracking every ball where every ball is hit. They know. They know you can't pull the ball. Or or, or the, the other or way. You, you can't, can't go the other way. Either yeah, way, yeah. They know what you can't do, whatever it is. Today, the average, philo- the average velo on a four-seam fastball is 94. Right? <laughs> That's average. 94. Ten years ago, just ten years ago, it was 89. Wow. So Bigger, stronger guys throwing harder. Yeah. So as the the reality is, even if they played it straight up mm-hmm. defensively, it's never been harder to hit than it is right now. So yeah, we can it, say, oh, put, they're just swinging for the fences, two well, strikes, it doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but even beside that, it's still as hard or harder than it's ever been. To hit mm-hmm. the ball. Because now, you it's always been a split second, but now it's even less than a split second. Right. And if there's any <laughs> movement on a 94-mile-an-hour uh, pitch, good luck. And if 94 is average, that tells you how many guys are coming out and hitting 96 or 97. Right. Because there's some dude out there at 92. And 92 used to be throwing really hard. And now it's below average. Yes. So there's a lot of things in... Kirchin's got a big story. His strikeout is ruining baseball. Well, it's certainly not uh, pleasing unless you're on, you're you're rooting for that team defensively. Uh, but I don't know that what you can do unless you literally make major change. Move the mound back. That's major change. It is, but it seems <laughs> to me like that's where this is going. Okay, and I don't know Instead what the math that, is on sixty-two miles an hour. They can figure it out. What gets it back so that guys? Feet, are, yeah. yeah how far do we have to move it back so that the average fastball is, or the is the average velo comes down is is in the high eighties? Okay. Instead of that, though, how about we move the plate back? <laughs> no, you're not messing with the geometry of the game. <laughs> Ninety degree angles are where it's at. <laughs> this way, you don't touch the mound. Nope, we're moving the mound back. Doesn't it? Doesn't seem easier to move the. Nope, it seems easier to move the mound back. Oh, you got to build a whole new mound, or or to do like in the youth tournaments, just have those portable ones. 
having grown up watching baseball in a multi-purpose <laughs> stadium, which we've gotten away from now, but they used to rebuild the mound every homestand in the fall because they had to get it out of there for football. I understand. They're stacking dirt. It's not brain surgery. <laughs> they're piling dirt up, and then they're packing it down. Oh, we got to rebuild the mound. Yeah, you're going to need a wheelbarrow, and you're going to need a couple shovels. See, the, I don't think the strikeout is new. It's just the proliferation of it. Used to be when, when we were kid, Dave Kingman, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, and and Rob Deere and some other guys were Pete Incavilia. I love saying Pete Incavilia. It's a cool Incavilia, right? Those guys had low BAs, but big home run totals, which in those days, if you had 30, was a big home run total, right? So it's been there, but it seems like. Everybody is in that situation. But I wonder, what can you do? Move the mound back. That, that is, is that it? Now, that's the highest, most dramatic thing I think you can do. And maybe, maybe they try it at the lower level uh, for two or three years and, and see where you're at. Because in the 1980s, on average, there were nine strikeouts a game. And now? It's double. It's double. Yeah. So, and you get 27 of them, so two-thirds of your outs are coming on strikeouts. Don't start messing around with math on live radio. What was that ballpark? Angel star Mike Trout will be out six to eight weeks with a grade two calf strain. He said he heard something pop. He thought it was his Achilles. That would have finished him for the year and into next season. Good news, calf strain, six to eight weeks. This is very AD-ish. Oh, yeah, but I can tell you right now, calf strain, Kyle Whittingham's out six to ten minutes. With those calves, they repair themselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Going right back and doing calf yeah. It's just they're like organically osmosis. It just you know the body and yeah. his body just recovers a lot quicker down there. Angels still have the uh, worst pitching staff in the major leagues. Their ERA is over five. I think it's like five point two, five point three, somewhere in there. And now they miss the big bat. Chuck Finley's not walking through that door. It's the Shohei Otani show now. Ooh, I can say that. Good luck, Chuck Finley. Nice. No, he dated that uh, Tawny Cretain who died just, over the weekend. Just passed away. 59, yeah. in fact. Uh, Famous for rolling around in cars and rock videos. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, okay, with Whitesnake, yeah. yeah. But I think they had they had some off-the-field issue, too. Here I go again. All right. Frank Tanana's not walking through that door. <laughs> Frank Tanana? I've not thought of Frank Tanana in a long time. Well, I lived down there, man. I covered Angels. Yeah, you're the man. I was... Backup baseball, and so you'd be sitting around, hey, I need you to go to Anaheim Friday or Dodger Stadium tomorrow or something. That happened quite a bit. Kevin Pillar, multiple nasal fractures after getting hit in the face by a fastball. He took the lineup card out to home plate. He's on the 10-day injured list. He's got to recover from that. You think you'd ever mentally recover from that, PK? You have to. Yeah, I get it. I'm saying you. If, you'd, if that had happened to you in high school baseball, what would have happened? Did you ever get hit in the head? Can't believe I did. I'm trying to think. I told you I made my 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 little league debut at age ten because we had a rain out, a lot of rain back east, and so they had an innings limit. And so I was ten, and I was playing on a team with twelve year olds, and they put me into pitch. Oh. And, and my father, man, he came home from work every day. We'd go in the backyard and we'd bend over. He'd get in a catching spot, and I'd pitch, pitch, pitch. Came that Saturday. Uh, I walked the bases loaded. 
coach comes out, got to throw a strike, son. Just relax. First out I recorded, bases loaded, pop-up, second and twelve, second and short on my two 12-year-olds, two best guys on the team. You got him field fly rule? I, I think we must have, but they both looked at you. I don't remember. But anyway, the, the, the kids are standing on second base. He's got the helmet on. The ball comes right down. He's on second base. Fly pop, pop up in the infield. Ball comes down, hits him right in the top of the head. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I recorded. My he wasn't first looking out. up. He wasn't. He just... No, no. Was he on the bag? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on the bag. He must have had an infield fly rule then, because he would have been safe on the bag. Right, the ball hits him. He's not out if he's on the bag. Yeah, I don't remember. Maybe they could have got got the ball and stepped, stepped on the on bag. bag I, don't, yeah. I don't remember, but it hit him right on top of the head. <laughs> on the after helmet. that, after that, everything just black out. The <laughs> <laughs> ball just hit him on the head, yeah. dude. And he, he was standing on the base. Bases were loaded. So it was the cleanup hitter, and he was twelve, and I was ten. I was petrified, man. Hit him right yeah. on top of the head. It was so cool. Well, Jerry just called in and had an interesting proposal for baseball to change. Things. What's he got? He wants to see two different plates. So what he, what he means is you have a batting plate where you said you, you push that back. So you, you're not moving the mound back. You're moving the plate back. But then the plate that you would score on stays where it's at to keep the angles. Jerry, never call me again at this number. Okay, what happens if you hit the proverbial Baltimore chopper off the first plate? That's what I'm trying to figure and out. And what happens well. to how's the catcher supposed to protect against stealing home? Well, he would just move up. That makes it easier to steal Nobody home. steals home anymore. We steal home. What are you, Jackie it Robinson? Would actually, <laughs> it, it, it would incentivize stealing home Yeah, but it would be often. easier to steal yeah. home. No one does it now because the catcher's right there. But as soon not, as you're that's three not feet it. back. That's not it. They're coming. <laughs> Nobody steals any bases anyway. You get, you get Washington. Was it Herb? Herm Herb. Herb Herb. Herb Washington there and pinch run him. Charlie Finley's dead. Oh, really? Huh. <laughs> The NBA play-in tournament started with a horrific game. The Pacers annihilating the Hornets up 16 at the quarter, 24 at the half, 30 after three. What was the point other than, you know, sell some tickets and a little TV inventory for TNT? Pacers annihilate Charlotte, so they're out. Pacers are going to go to Washington because the Wizards lost to the Celtics because they couldn't stop Jason Tatum. He had 50 points. Celtics win 118-100. Now, Boston is seven. They're playing the Brooklyn Nets, or as Tim Lacombe likes to call them, the New Jersey Nets. And Indiana's going to Washington for the eighth seed and the right to play Philly and lose to them. Okay, got it. Right? And one and two are going to advance. The well, Sixers and Nets are screwing this up. I watched Turn On yesterday, and I didn't, I didn't know who's 10, who's, who's seven, who's eight. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a, yeah, I didn't realize ten isn't playing yet, but I didn't. I didn't know. Oh, so you had so, to so, put it together over the course of the game, like yeah. Oh, oh Indiana's in. Oh no, they're not. Why aren't they? I mean, I got the West memorized, but, but the, the East bottom is, of the East is like so far on my uh, radar. Yeah. Uh, the Western playing games: Spurs at Memphis at five thirty, Warriors and Lakers at eight on ESPN. Both games on ESPN. All I know is Hayward makes over thirty million a year. And he didn't play. And he's but, hurt, and they're 10th, and they're out. But, and they get Batum's money back next year, so they could invest in another big-time player. Or they could spend or, a lot of money for an average <laughs> player. <stiff> Markel Fultz. <laughs> Theoretically, as the 10 seed, they could add a good piece. And in the East, that could get you to six. Yeah, but I don't trust Jordan. I know. I, I got that. You can add the wrong guy. But theoretically, they should be in the 
five six seven mix. Nah, next we'll year. give him credit for ball. He looks like a player. Mm-hmm. And Hayward's good. He's okay. So if you can get someone but else, that thirty good, million. I know thirty I million. Mitch Kupchak's their GM down there, and he's one. Yeah, well, and again, Jordan just hires his friends. Yeah, and and Carolina, and, and maybe they can do it. Maybe, and I wonder how much. But does every GM have unilateral approval? Uh, no, uh, not, no. What am I looking for? No, <laughs> especially not in Charlotte. So especially not in Charlotte. You know who's calling the shots? The Jordan. Cupcheck might get to make some of the calls and some of the decisions. You know, the second round pick and the mid level <laughs> exception. Because Jordan but, had no idea. <laughs> but Jordan's not passing on a just picking a twenty million dollar player, which I think is I think they're in the twenty. I mean, there's other moves they'll make, and you got to factor that in. But I think they're going to end up in the twenty to twenty five million dollar range. And that's funny be because here, you know, we make a big deal of the Dwayne Wade thing because we're always looking for acceptability. Especially by minorities out of this community, it's a big, big deal. Anytime BYU gets an African American commitment, they just go nuts. Whether the kid can play or not, who cares? It's like, oh, and then let's see, we're, we're they like us, and then we we overblow that, I think. But I but I get it. Uh, and so we think Dwayne Wade is going to help attract talent. Maybe he does, and it's great if he does. But Jordan, the king of them all, is not attracting talent. Yes. <laughs> not attracting talent. <laughs> yeah. So and that's why I always thought it was somewhat insulting to the player and his group. And that's just going to go just because, oh, this guy says to. They're smarter than that. They're yes. going to research everything. Right. And look at what Durant just did. What did he do? He went to Brooklyn. And he and Kyrie go to Brooklyn, and then they leverage Harden and get him there. Did he, it would have been easy to go to the Knicks, but they do the research. Listen. Brooklyn may not be the greatest organization, but they're not the worst. Dolan, come on. One of the three or four worst organizations in the NBA. The Kings have gone through 15 coaches in 10 years. Bad organization. Now they've had multiple owners during that time. Dolan's done it all by himself. Charlotte just can't get out of their own way. You know, there's a handful of them. Orlando's been down. Orlando's been down too long. Phoenix was down. The Sarver wasn't exactly uh, Jerry Buss. He wasn't. But I'm saying they they do their homework. And maybe somehow Paul did his homework, and maybe he thought, I can provide the leadership, and they got two good young players. And, and he liked to coach. Yeah. And they got a little bit of money to spend. They can bring someone in. They can bring in a crowder. You know, here's a guy who's got a lot of playoff experience. Yeah. He's a, de- he's a decent player. And there's nowhere to go but up. I think that's the thing that he bet on there. I don't know if he knew they were getting to two, but he knew he can get them to the playoffs, and when they haven't been to the playoffs in a decade. Mm-hmm. All right, it is time. We had our PGA uh, draw the, the top pick. Spieth was Bob's top pick. And if you are into the PGA Championship and would like to win, now is the time. You in a golf PGA Championship giveaway. Be caller number 12 right now and see what player you get. 25 callers paired with the top 25 players in the world. The 26th will be assigned the field. If your assigned golfer wins the tournament, then you win the same brand of putter that player has in their bag. Be caller number 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE. It's brought to you by UNA Golf, serving Utah golfers since 1971. Who are they playing for? Harris English. All right. Call now. 855-340-ZONE. Bob Rudy. Oh, he packed it with a right hand. Produce three all-stars. Check. Oh, Donovan Mitchell. Earn the best record in the NBA in the top spot in the West. You are fabulous. Check and check.
The regular season is over, and now the number one seeded Utah Jazz begin their quest for an NBA title. Let's go! When the Jazz take the court in the NBA playoffs, you'll hear every second of every game on your exclusive home. Welcome home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Well, I wish we'd heard that before we had Tim on. I came in after Tim was on. All right. I'll have to follow up with Tim on that and see if he... uh... Beat a gator in a wrestling match by sticking a gator in the eye. I heard that now. Sports report: This guy is in Florida. And- well, one time I was in the swamps of Jersey, Hackensack River. My machine, she was stuck, and a gator came up to me, looked me right in the eye, eye to eye. There's gators in Jersey. They have migrated north. Yeah, well, they go there after uh, you know when the weather gets better. Mm. They go up the Atlantic, and they get past the city, and they. Turned left. Yeah, and I punched him right in the schnoz. Question of the day for one day on Wednesday. Aren't we all Warrior fans or are we Laker fans? Levi Grover says they're both garbage playing teams. Who cares? Nice. <laughs> Dismissive. <laughs> like it. Garbage, huh? Ten is coming. Neither. That's Tim Utes for life. He's not rooting for either one of them. Something's got to happen. Somebody's got to win, get to seven, and go play the Suns. It's kind of screwy, though, that the second-place team will know their opponent three days ahead of the first-place team. I don't think the NBA thought that out. Downside. Yeah. I don't think this is going anywhere. And, And those two games last night couldn't have been less interesting and less compelling for me. But it's two NBA owners getting to sell tickets and luxury suites and all that. Right, and but it's they more get, TV. I don't think this is going away. They can end the season earlier or something and then have more time. Not a less than a 48-hour turnaround for the f- number one seed. They can do it, make them play on a Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and have all the games and then start the thing on Saturday. If it were Thursday to Sunday, would that work for you? Better, yeah. obviously. That's what they're getting in the East. But in the West, you're getting a Friday-Sunday turnaround. So the Jazz of all the teams are going to have the, the least prep time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a joke. I'd have to check that and make sure they've got the uh, if they got the one seed playing Sunday in the East. They might have them playing Saturday. It might be a Thursday-Saturday turnaround in the East. I That's what I thought, but I thought it maybe could you be, knew, could knew something Saturday. that I didn't. I will uh, check quickly. Nope, Philly's the one. They're playing Sunday. So they did give them a Thursday, Sunday. They, they sent Brooklyn to Saturday. So most of the teams, three of the, the four games on yeah. Sunday, are one and two seasons. And plus, in the East, you don't have maybe, you have more time, but you're also getting a crappier opponent. Yeah, right. I really don't view seven and eight in the East as any threat. And I know Tim pumped up Miami at six. I just don't see it. And he said with playoff experience, maybe they can get it going. But their path is the Bucks, and if they win, then the Nets, and if they win, presumably the Sixers. Terrible path. After you pass the top three East teams, I just don't see how they can do anything. Basin says, I'm not rooting for either team. The Jazz shouldn't fear any team. Just destroy any team in the path like they're capable of. Besides, I just can't be a fan of Steph, Draymond, or LeBron. Not even for a Whoa, day. Oh, Steph? Really? I know. I get why you don't like Draymond and LeBron. They've been cast as the villains, and they are the villains for many people, so I get that. 
But Steph is a villain? I wonder if it's political, because he's been out there. Okay, well, then you can't be a fan of anybody. I mean, lots of players have been political. Donovan has been political. Lots of players have taken a knee. Who hasn't? You could probably list them. And the bubble? A different form of political, though. Think he's more political on the scale, on the sliding scale? More political for a longer period of time? Curry? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's gone directly at Trump. I don't know that Mitchell has. Mitchell has gone at at, at some stuff. Issues. Uh, people. Yeah. And obviously Kerr is right there with uh Sure. And I get Popovich why and, and I get why stuff. people don't I, like I don't know, I'm guessing. Yeah. But I mean I get that's the thing is I don't get Steph. I get why that's people why I'm guessing. don't like Kerr and Pop. I love to watch the guy play. Phenomenal. And I don't really care what they do on their politics. Good for them. They're basketball players. Who anointed them? Anybody that I want to listen to. Not me. And that's well, all that no, matters. You don't really want to listen to anybody. Exactly. <laughs> but I want to see them play ball. Oh, yeah. That's that's why I'm a fan. I'm a fan to watch this guy play ball. The chomping on the, the mouthpiece grosses me out. Uh, that's, uh, that's not good. Nate says, uh, are, are we Laker fans? Are we Warrior fans? Nope. I'm only a Jazz fan. I care for the Lakers and Warriors as much as I hope for Mall Cop 3. Well, I think you have to be aware of who you're playing, though. And so I think as a Jazz fan, you're aware of who you're playing. That's like, I'm a Ute fan, but I'm also aware of SC. You know, who's the quarterback and whatnot, that type of thing, right? All right, we won't know who the Jazz are playing tonight, but we will find out two teams they are not playing tonight. The Grizzly Spurs team will be eliminated. They'll be out. You are not the father. You are not the Jazz <laughs> opponent. Maury Povich in the NBA playoffs. <laughs> Tomorrow with DJ and PK. And the Laker Warrior winner will be seven, and they will go play the Suns and go to the other side of the bracket. All right, we're done. Hans and Scotty next. Stay with us.